Hey, White Sox fans, it's Crystal O'Keefe with episode 16 of Visiting Dugout, brought to you by the Southside Sox, a part of Fans First Sports Network. Today on the show, I have Amari McPherson from things like Fear the Sword, Pitcher List, and Rocking at the Jake podcast. So Amari, tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, so I uh, cover. I also cover the Cleveland Guardians for the Believe Network as well. Um, that one's fairly new, so I'm excited to you know kind of get that started as well. But um, trying to be all around with the whole sports thing. But my specialty, quote unquote, if I have a specialty, is definitely baseball. So I'm excited to excited to be here. Yeah, you're like me. I I watch a lot of sports. I love a lot of sports, but if I have to pick one, it's always going to be baseball. Mm-hmm. All right, so let's let's talk Guardians. So at the time of this recording, they are third in the American League. Um, so just sitting four games back from first, really not too bad. So kind of what's what's the vibe in Cleveland right now? To be honest, it's not good. Um, we are as a couple games ago, we were the exact same record that we were last year, and we know how that turned out. Um, you know, American League Central Championship. Uh, we won over 70, 70 games after that point uh, in the season. Um, but there was no expectations last year. You know, we had the most rookies making their debut last year. We've already had a handful this year as well. Um, but despite all of that, I, I do feel like the vibe right now was more somber. Um, there's been calls for Tito to get fired, which I think are really absurd if you ask me. <laughs> but I think for me, um, I, I agree with the whole um somber vibe but i think it's because of the success from last year so i think the success from last year kind of set everybody up for this year and so now we're expecting this big um this big change to come at some point where for whatever he's just going to click like it did last year um and i'm just not so sure that it's going to be as easy this year and so um we're under 500 um and it seems like it's going to be that way hopefully i mean a while but hopefully not too long um but everybody's expecting that this thing is just going to click and there's going to be this turnaround and we're going to be uh you know repeat champions again and i'm just not so sure that that's going to happen so um it's like i said it's kind of somber right now we're hoping for that change to come we don't we know what the problems are they just aren't being changed as fast as we want them to be changed um i myself a little bit more patient but yeah everybody else in cleveland are they want change to come right now. Yeah, I, I understand that. So you guys are kind of riddled with injury, especially with your starting pitching. But I did just read Tristan McKenzie. He was doing really well in his rehab start in Columbus. It said 32 of his 52 pitches were the four-seamer, um, which averaged anywhere from 92.6 to peaking at 95.3 miles per hour. And he finished with four strikeouts, one walk, and he pitched three innings. So how are you feeling about him and when – do you, do you have kind of a timeline for when you think he might be back? Because I know he's he's pretty missed right now in Cleveland. I'm thankful as a White Sox fan, but I know he's very missed. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I think the tentative timeline right now is hopefully by the end of this month, hopefully. Okay. Uh, me, I, I tend to not like to rush people back too, too soon, especially pitchers, because, I mean, any little thing could go wrong. And next, you know, they're back on the on the injured list. Um, but I'm definitely hoping by the first or second week of June that he's kind of back to where he was. But even so, um, I don't expect him, at least not right away, to kind of be where he was last year. Um, I do think it's a positive sign that his fastball topped out at over 95 miles an hour. He's a guy that, um, you know, struggled with his velocity issues a couple years ago. It's been kind of 91, 92, 93. So to see that is, is definitely a positive sign for me. But um, 
yeah, he is very sorely missed. And I don't want to uh, put a lot of pressure on him and other pitchers that are kind of struggling right now. Um, we do have two rookies up right now and they're actually performing very well. Mm -hmm. But even so, you know, as a rookie, you don't want to overwork them because they are rookies. And so for Tristan to come back, I do feel like there's going to be this massive weight placed on him to kind of be the savior almost, quote unquote. And I don't think that would be very fair to him because he's just coming off of an injury. He hasn't started um, a major league game yet this season and it's going to be it's going to be June. Um, so I do feel there's going to be this massive weight, but I tend to not um, want to do that. And so we'll just see if he comes out and he struggles, you know, his first start or first two starts is going to be, oh, you know, here we go again. But mm -hmm. um, like I said, I think that'd be very unfair to him because he's coming off this massive injury that he has, has, you know, he hasn't been able to play yet. Yeah, we see that a lot. I mean, it happens so much with, I mean, it still happens with Chris Sale. Chris Sale's always, you know, seems to be injured and then they rush him. And then, you know, we've seen it happen. Just Justin Verlander. We, I'm terrified that it's going to happen with Liam Hendricks when he is back. Um, Cause he's oh, been, yeah. he's been throwing and he's been doing great, but you know, that that's cancer. That's a, that's a big thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's kind of tough. So it is scary. And I agree. I, I hate the idea of rushing anybody off of the injured list. Mm -hmm. But yeah, you know, I'm, I'm talked about these woes you've got Peyton Battlefield that, that just went on the injured list um you've got Aaron you've got Tristan out right now and then Zach Plesak was just kind of demoted because he's been doing so poorly mm -hmm. so do you feel like there's something that they can do in the interim I mean is there anything that they can they can rely on right now aside from those rookies that kind of do need to take it easy yeah so the key word is rely on and the answer to that question is no because we do have uh it's Avian Curry who made his debut last year, but he's been working out of the bullpen this year as kind of that middle reliever, that long reliever. Um, but as far as I know, they do have plans for him to start, but it's just he just hasn't had his opportunity yet. And so because he's also so young and because he's been working out of the bullpen, doesn't have very, uh, very many innings so far this year. Um, outside of him and those two rookies, I don't think so, because you come into the season, you understand that police act. Yes, he's been struggling, but the potential is there. And so you hope that, you know, he can realize that potential and be consistent as he was a couple of years ago. Uh, same thing with Savali. He, a couple of years ago, uh, before he got injured, he was leading the American League in wins. And then he goes down with his injury and it's been kind of downhill from there. And uh, they said he changed his workout regimen in the offseason, try to become more flexible to prevent these little freak injuries. And surely enough, after two starts, he's back on the on the injury list again. Um, but other than that, I don't I don't think you can really rely on uh, anybody other than those rookies because you don't have very many options. I think the only other option, if there is another option, is to call up yet another rookie mm -hmm. in Gavin Williams, who's performing very, very well at AAA Columbus right now. But then that gives you three rookies in the rotation on the team that you are hoping to compete for a division championship again. And. Like I said earlier, I think that would just be very unfair to them. That'll place a lot of stress on them uh, so early in the careers. And we've seen um, many times over time, once you place this high stress on these pitchers, they tend to burn out early in their careers down the line. Um, and we certainly don't want that to happen. So uh, other than those options, and hopefully Savali uh, comes back and he's effective. Same thing for McKenzie. Maybe Plesak figures it out. I'm not really sure. Um but other than that, no, unfortunately, you don't really have any other options. And your really only valuable trade bait is a pitcher, and that's Shane Bieber. So if you trade him, now you're losing your only reliable starter for the year. Uh, so, yeah, there's it's not many 
positive outlooks for Cleveland right now. Yeah. Do you have any, you know, kind of prospects that are even standing out, not even necessarily in the pitching mindset, but just anybody in general that you're really kind of looking forward to, to kind of work things out and eventually make their way up. Um, there is one, and that's Bo Naylor, who got called up today, actually, to be the extra man in the doubleheader. Um, I just heard on the on the broadcast that there aren't expectations for him to start uh, the second game because the first game is already underway. Mm-hmm. Um, but other than him, no. Uh, George Valero, who's another prospect that's been struggling. Uh, they send down Oscar Gonzalez after a few weeks. He's been struggling. Um, and everybody else, just there's just simply not enough playing time, whether it's Gabriel Arias, whether it's Tyler Freeman. Uh, whether it's Brian Rocchio, whoever, um, there's just not enough playing time going around, unfortunately. And you have these other, um, if you want to call them veterans, you can, like Stephen Kwan. He's, you know, he only has one year under his belt, but he's somebody that uh, has performed very well since he's been up. So you're That's not going to put him on the bench. You're not going to send him down to get other guys playing time. So, you know, there's only eight spots subtracting the pitcher. And it seems like there's 10 guys that you could put in there. There's just simply not enough room to play all these guys at once. Yeah, Stephen Kwan has been fun. That last, you know, the last series against the White Sox, I saw him do like this somersault catch, and I was mm-hmm. like, "Hey!" <laughs> yeah, he's he's ridiculous. Especially, um, I feel like his defense is undervalued because people talk about his offense and his contact rate is, I mean, absurd. It's probably ninety eight, ninety nine percentile right now. Um, but I mean, he won a Gold Glove last year, so I mean, yeah. obviously, people can realize how good his defense is, and he has the hardware to prove it. Yeah, he's great. Um, so. I know that you're kind of down right now, but do you see the Guardians sitting better as we hit kind of more midseason and then maybe up in the ranks a little bit more by the time we get to September? Hopefully. That's hopefully, you know, what will happen is what happened last year. And and unfortunately, that placed a lot of expectations with fans. Um, But individually, there are guys that have kind of turned around since May has started. Uh, Ahmed Rosario is one. There's a lot of a lot of Cleveland fans that want to get rid of him. Um, and I can certainly understand. So, I mean, he's sometimes he struggles and I get it. But for me, I'm I tend to be pro Ahmed Rosario. And sure enough, the calendar hit May and here comes a three hit game and triples mm-hmm. and this and that. And um, no matter what he does, I feel like whenever he strikes out or has an 0 for 3 game, an 0 for 4 game, it's like, see, that's why we need to trade him. But individually him josh naylor josh bell um mouse straw has kind of struggled a little bit but um there are guys that you hope to rely on that have kind of turned the page quote unquote um since the calendar hit may and we're about to go into june and you hope that uh that turnaround continues i mean josh naylor three straight games to a go ahead home run in the eighth inning and then hit another home run against the mets in the first game um so i mean he's kind of on a tear right now yeah. and his advanced stats show that he's hitting the ball very very well actually he just kind of has bad luck which is unfortunate because there's no shift and you would hope that he could take advantage of that but uh josh bell another signing um he struggled in in april uh, late March and April, and he's kind of turned it around as well. Those are two guys that are platooning at first base in DH that were hitting under 200 uh, as of a few weeks ago, and and they're hopefully steadily kind of coming out of that. So individually, yes, it just has to come together as a team, and so far it just hasn't. Yeah, Josh Bell is one that I do also just really love. I've been watching him since his minor league days. I had an argument mm-hmm. with my son because he was like, I don't remember him ever being on the Pirates, and I was like, buddy, you watched him. like. Mm-hmm. 
in his first two years in the Pirates. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I was a big fan of the Josh Bell signing. Um, I got to go to a Pirates game. I was a big fan of his when he was in Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. And coincidentally enough, his only all-star appearance was when it was in Cleveland. Yeah. Uh, so plus his wife is from Ohio. So, I mean, just the connection is there. But yeah, Josh Bell is somebody that I don't want to say I have high hopes for, but I definitely have some expectations, mm-hmm. especially uh, the first half in Washington last year. Uh, we know we kind of fell off the table. Uh, after the trade to San Diego, but um, it's a guy who maybe, you know, he he won't average 30 home runs, but he can get you 30 home runs in a good year. And I'm hoping that this year he could definitely be 18 to, you know, low 20s home runs um, and drive in 80 RBI, hopefully, but um, just hasn't happened yet. Hopefully we see that turnaround. Yeah, that really ties in great with our next, my next question, because I have, you know, who is your MVP candidate so far on this Guardians team from, you know, the sample size couple months that we've seen so far? So far from the stats that we have, I think it would be Shane Bieber just because he's been the most consistent. He's still showing that he's, you know, can be an ace, is the ace of this staff. Uh, His last outing was pretty rough, kind of blew up in the sixth inning, as I'm sure you're well aware of against the White Sox. Uh, You guys got to him. (laughs) Yeah, you guys got to him. Um, But, yeah, he's uh, somebody who has been, like I said, super consistent so far, probably the the only consistent player, definitely pitcher-wise. Um, if you want to look past the the uh, the the basic stats, then I would say Josh Naylor. I think, um, like I said, his advanced stats show he's hitting the ball very well. Uh, just a bit of bad luck. Uh, he's showing a little bit more power in his bat. One of those home runs last week uh, came off of a lefty, and we know he struggles very very bad against lefties. Of at, at the time, he had hit 40 home runs. Of those 40, only four were against left-handers. Oh, wow. um, so I, it was a, a positive sign to see him get one of those go-ahead home runs against the lefty. Um, But even after that Mets home run, this, uh, this series, um, somebody who injects kind of energy into the team, um, especially when he's going, uh, I would say that. So I guess I kind of sat on the fence there because I had two guys, but (laughs) I would say either, either of those two. Yeah. Those are the two I typically worry about the most aside from Tristan. Tristan, Mm -hmm. I always was just like, Oh, he's too good. Yeah. <laughs> so we're going to take just a very quick break to pay some bills and we will get right back to this upcoming series. And welcome back. I'm Crystal Keep. I am once again here with Amari to talk about kind of all things Guardians. So the Guardians lost two during our last meeting um, and you're facing a Mets team that has recently kind of lit a, a new spark. I think the second um, Pete Alonso dropped the F-bomb on live TV, they were just kind of set to win again um, so he can pay he can pay the fines it's okay he can. He can. yeah i mean he started the whole lfgm thing so we we know we know yeah. where he stands but how do you feel going into this series with the white Sox? Uh, it's conflicting because at the risk of upsetting you as a white Sox fan <laughs> i'm um, already upset as a white Sox. <laughs> yeah as a team that uh, record-wise is worse than we are. You would hope that, just like last year, you know, they kind of beat up on the lower teams, and uh, whether or not you put credence into that, that's up to you, generally speaking, because um, I tend to think, I mean, those guys are professionals, too, you know, so if if they go out and fight a hard fight and they lose, it is what it is. You can't pick who's on your schedule, but seeing how the last series played out, I am not as um, optimistic. I do think we could still win two out of three, but Unfortunately, I won't be surprised if we don't. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, I think especially uh, going into that series, our pitching is a little uh, scrambled right now. Uh, there's news that Hunter Gaddis is being called up to start Monday. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, he's been in the minors. He was sent down after uh, some struggles in the major league roster. Um, but after that, I mean, it's kind of a crapshoot after that. We don't really know um, what this team is going to look like. So, uh, like I said, I'm optimistic that we can win two out of three, but I won't be surprised if we don't. Obviously, I'm hoping that we can because then we can kind of get back on track, mm-hmm. uh, especially over the past couple of years. We've had some some good luck in Chicago and against the White Sox in general. I'm just hoping that that good luck continues. But so far, it hasn't. Right. Yeah. You I honestly don't even know who you guys will be facing for the opener. It, it might be a bullpen game at this point because we just yeah. heard that redacted starting pitcher is going down um, for some wrist inflammation. So, I mean, mm. honestly, if his arm falls off, that's fine. Um, and I'll be honest, the last game, I was even more upset because he pitched mm-hmm. and did very well, and I was not happy about that. No, I um, – you probably – I'm sure a lot of people have noticed I do donate every mm-hmm. single time he is up on the mound because I just detest that person so much. I don't – we – like Cleveland, too, we, we agree. Yeah. I don't blame you one bit. We feel the same. Yeah, he was your problem before ours. Yeah, he was. <laughs> um, but yeah, we, he's down. He was next in the rotation. So honestly, you might you might get a bullpen game, and then you get, you know, probably Dylan Cease and Michael Kopech, who just threw an incredible outing um, just the other day. He got through eight innings. He nearly had a no hitter going in. Mm-hmm. It, it ended in the eighth. Um, but uh, so yeah. And you mentioned Hunter Gaddis coming up and that he'd been in the minors with some struggles. Has he been doing any better? Um, unfortunately, I don't know. There hasn't been a whole bunch of news uh, coming out of the minors with Hunter Gaddis. Um, I thought that he did okay when he was up in Cleveland. Obviously not good enough, and he got sent down, uh, rightfully so, because he did have some struggles. Um Excuse me. You just hope that whenever a guy gets sent down, please, I conclude it, that they can, you know, kind of figure it out, even if that means beating up on some some minor leaguers to kind of help your case. But mm-hmm. for pitchers, I feel like it's all about confidence. Once you lose that confidence, it's, it's really hard to get it back. And hopefully he was able to go down and kind of rediscover that self, discover himself. Um, because, I mean, you're up in the majors for a, a, a reason. I mean, you're a professional pitcher. You do have some success. So it's not like you're here by accident. So hopefully he'll go out tomorrow and perform well. And even if he goes right back down, he can kind of carry that with him uh, throughout the rest of the season. But uh, to answer your question, I don't really know. I don't have his stats up in front of me, but hopefully he can carry whatever momentum he has uh, into tomorrow's start. Yeah, the confidence is key. You know, I just I just wrote something about mental health and it was talking about Trevor May and how he just really lost a ton of confidence with the pitch mm-hmm. clock and how um, he's currently working with the, you know, psychiatrist on trying to regain his confidence and trying to figure out how he can still work in kind of what he did to calm his anxiety with the new pitch clock. So, you know, he mm-hmm. doesn't know when he's going to be back, but it, it was a big confidence issue. So yeah, that's, that's a bummer. Um, so do you have any keys for the guardians to take this series? I do have one, and it, if you're a Cleveland fan, you probably know what I'm going to say. It's score four runs. Like, we are ridiculously good when we score four runs, um, Friday not Friday night not included because we lost. Um, I don't have the record in front of me, but I think we have, like, an over 70% win percentage when we score four runs. 
Uh, it's so crazy, you know, the difference between three runs and four runs. But whenever we get four runs, I don't know what happens. And we we tend to win. Um, so probably that. I think just kind of score first, hopefully. We tend to win a lot when we score first as well. And don't let um, starting pitching kind of carry whatever momentum, you know. If you strike out and you're struggling to get hits, I feel like our lineup sometimes presses a lot. Yeah. And um, then it just snowballs from there. So kind of keep your control, keep your composure, uh, hopefully put up four. These teams have so much in common, as you say that. It's just like watching the White Sox just over and yeah. over with these Guardians. Um, I know you probably already answered this with your biggest threat because I know Josh Naylor and Stephen Kwan are both really good against the White Sox team. Shane Bieber often is really good, although I don't think he's pitching this series. But um, So do you have any other bigger threats, or is it really Naylor and Kwan that are they kind of go in there and get things done? Uh, I definitely want to say Jose Ramirez. I haven't said his name yet and Mm -hmm. can't forget about him. He's, I know I said Shane Bieber earlier is probably the most consistent. I was probably forgetting about Ramirez just because he's been out because he was on the bereavement list. Mm -hmm. Uh, So hopefully coming back, he can kind of carry that momentum that he had the uh, first couple months uh, into that series because um, earlier when we were talking about placing a whole lot of weight on a person, you don't want to place a whole lot of weight on Jose, even though he's your best player. Yeah. Um, he's one of nine in the lineup. So even if he goes out and he hits a grand slam, that's just one at bat, you know, his one person. So you kind of got to uh, put everything together and help him out, you know, get on base if you're in front of him, hopefully drive him in if you're behind him um, and not let every big moment be placed on his shoulders. So hopefully he'll go out and, um, have a big series, not saying hit, you know, 900 or something, but a home run because this year, for whatever reason, we just don't have a whole lot of power. Um, I know Naylor's been showing it lately, but other than that, um, yeah, he's it's it's really been um, a struggle to hit balls over the fence this year. And, you know, we know Cleveland, Chicago, it's cold early in the season. Balls don't really fly out. Um, I think we have less than 10 home runs, maybe about 10 now at home, which oh, wow. isn't a lot. Yeah. Um, and we have this thing where we plant a tree every time a home run is hit at home. And so there hasn't been many trees planted. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know. So we're hopefully, you know, some power power will be shown. Um, and you just even even if it's in a loss, you just kind of want to see something put together. You know, yeah. what I mean, even if you go out and hopefully not like the Mets game because we were able to grab the lead. We had three different leads. We grabbed the lead back. We end up losing again. That was brutal. But if you can go out and. I'm not saying lose, but even if you lose a tight game or you just battle and, you know, the whole game, hopefully you can carry that into the next game. Don't want to go out and look absolutely uh, atrocious. You know what I mean? So just put up a good fight. I don't want to see a lineup one through nine just kind of look abysmal against starting yeah. pitching, no matter who it is. So <sighs> it's it's a struggle right now. Yeah. And last, the last series, you know, the White Sox did not, face Ramirez because he was on the bereavement list and then they barely got any time against Naylor so I think that was almost a fluke series win because the two kind of white socks killers weren't weren't there for most of it so but with that same vein do you have like a big kind of fear going into the series I know like you you mentioned your starting pitching is just not really ideal for this this series yeah, I have two, actually, uh, and that's if they're still performing well. Um, Sheets and Jake Berger, yes. because for whatever reason, last week, it was like there were two MVP candidates against our starting pitching, and we just could not get them out. 
So I'm hoping I don't want to look on my wrist and see an MV, uh, an MLB alert. And it's one of those two hitting a home run or driving into from a double or something like that. So I will say it's those two, because right now they are both thorns in my in my side right now. And I'm hoping that we can contain them over three games. And, you know, Berger was not even on our opening day roster. I know. <laughs> and I'm I know. still incredibly salty about that because I love I love Jake Berger. He's just a good quality dude all around. And gosh, he can yeah. hit. And, and Gavin Sheets has been a nice surprise because I, I know he can hit, but you know, I wasn't expecting it to be kind of this great already. And then Luis Robert, um, I know last time I checked he was leading the AL in home runs. So he's been on a tear. Moncada's been on a tear. Everybody else has just kind of been hanging out, doing nothing, but you know. Yeah, I can understand the the sheets and burger platoon. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, I was not happy about it. I'm like, why can't we get these guys out? Yeah, Jake. Oh my god, just, Jake's Jake is way too good. Yeah. So we can move on from this series because I know it. I think you and I are both kind of just like oh, <laughs> with both of our teams right now. So kind of in a broader spectrum, what are your thoughts so far on this season? Like, do you have a team that you think, oh, they're they're going to go all the way? Or do you have a team where you're like, they could go all the way and no one was expecting this even just last year, even just April? Um, Maybe, I don't remember their record from last year, but I want to say the Rays. Mm-hmm. I think there there is a thing to kind of be this good so early, but it's such a long season that it's like, can you continue to put it together through October? So I wouldn't be surprised if they do. Um, yeah, but other than that, maybe not, because I think a lot of the teams that you expect to be really good have not been good this year. Um, Cleveland included, uh, San Diego, St. Louis, who we faced this weekend. Uh, the Dodgers have been kind of, you know, 500, you know, give or take a few games. Um, so it's really, I think, difficult right now to, um, other than the Rays, to kind of mm-hmm. uh, name a team. Even the Pirates, who got off to such a good start last time I checked, they slipped to second in their division. Yeah. So, um, unfortunately, Pirates fans, I don't think that you'll win the World Series this year. No, okay. But <laughs> but they, they are um, a treat to see, even um, – you were talking about Luis Robert earlier, um, even as a Cleveland fan, um, seeing his name kind of, you know, seeing him perform is, is I think, really good, especially for, for the White Sox fans. But other than the Rays, I don't think I really have an answer about, oh, this team, they're, they're so good because, I mean, maybe the Rays, they fall back, you know, yeah. maybe they regress a little bit to the mean. But I think the, the, the numbers are there that it's not a fluke that they're this good. I mean, they're the second highest scoring team in the majors. Um, and they're showing a lot more power than they have been in, even in recent years, you know, a couple years ago, they went to the world series. Mm-hmm. Um, so I won't be surprised if they kind of, uh, put everything together. Um, so I guess that would be my pick for the American league. I know you didn't ask me that, oh, but for the national want. league, so whatever you want. <laughs> yeah. I, I was just, cause I was going to say for the national league, I, I really don't have an answer. Mm-hmm. Uh, cause you kind of expect like the Cardinals and the Dodgers to kind of be in it mm-hmm. in the end. And they just haven't really performed all that well so far. Yeah. I know the Rays, I agree. And even if they do regress, they did so well in the first two months that they're still going to be sitting really pretty in like a cushy top spot. But mm-hmm. I am just waiting for the Diamondbacks to go to the World Series. <laughs> They've been so good and it just blows me away. Yeah, I think unfortunately for them, even if they have a good year, you do have three teams that are consistently good in front of them. 
Um, I do like their pieces, though. I do like the players that they have. I did pick, uh, I forget his name, Corbin Carroll or something like that uh, to win National League MVP, National League MVP, National League Rookie of the Year, excuse mm-hmm. me. Um, so if he does that, obviously I won't be surprised. So I do like the pieces that they have. Um, but even in recent years when they've made the, the postseason, like I said, they just had other teams better than them, and three of them are in their division. So it'll yeah. be um, a really – hard up uphill fight if they are going to do anything i mean even the padres beat the dodgers to make it to the championship series last year so it'll be tough yeah it will but i'm excited i'm ready i'm i just love that kind of these teams that we didn't see big years for have had them you know again diamondbacks orioles the pirates starting off as hot as they did i still think it's because andrew mccutcheon is back and so they're just on this roll again um mm-hmm. But yeah, so, well, I, that's all I've got for you. So again, please, you know, plug your socials. Let us know where we can find you. Yeah, you can find me on Twitter at Amari. That's I-M-A-R-I uh, underscore M17. Um, in there, I have a link tree that kind of has a link to everything. Uh, previous writing, uh, podcast episodes. I do run a podcast for Believe Sports called Believe in Guardians. Um, I try to be consistent. I haven't been lately. So I try to release an episode every every week. Um, I do run another podcast uh, with my good friend Tom Matheny called Rockin' at the Jake that also covers the, the Cleveland Guardians. Um, so those are kind of my two biggest things. I do talk about all sports, but like we were saying earlier, my fo- focus mainly is baseball. Um, favorite sport, could watch it all day, every day. Um, but yeah, so go follow me on Twitter. Yes, definitely. I can... I can say you are a great follower. I've been following you for a while now, and mm-hmm. you know, I'm had that. I'm glad that we finally and, and pitcherless. I can't forget that yeah. either. I haven't released anything yet for pitch. Well, not anything yet. Anything in a while for pitcherless. But I will say, writing for pitcherless has probably brought out some of my best writing. Yeah. When I go back and, and look at it, I'm like, wow, I'm I'm kind of good, you know. So, <laughs> um, just to pat my own back, but yeah, pitcherless um, is fun. Yeah, which was a treat because when I saw your name, I was like, oh my god, I know her. didn't even know you were writing for them yes yes all right well thank you so much for coming on best of luck in this series absolutely hopefully we can have you on uh when the white Sox, you know when the two teams play again we'd love to have you on whether it's my podcast or rocking at the jake um you are also a great follow so thank you for having me on ah thank you so much absolutely all right goodbye